Welcome to this week's edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabolsky. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan, the former Georgia head coach. The reason everybody's tuned in here on a Tuesday night, we appreciate everybody putting up with us as we move our uh, move our schedule around a little bit. Um, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> as, as usual, coach's issues. He's uh, uh, always doing something. He's a busy man, but uh, I'm glad that he takes the time to come sit with us and talk about uh, about Georgia football. Now, if you have questions, we want you to go ahead and put, put them in the comment section there. We will get to them after we ask, answer the ones from ugasports.com, and we will uh, try to get to as many as possible. This is a great time of the year to ask your questions. We can pick the game apart, but we really want to know what's on your mind. Tell us where you're watching it from and what your question is. We'd be happy to jump on it. Coach, let's turn our attention before we go ahead to South Carolina. Let's go back to uh, Ball State. I know uh, we've kind of talked about it, but we really want to hear what you thought about it. If folks uh, missed the watch long show, then you missed a lot because Coach had a lot of uh, very good insights into the game. Uh, people were a little worried about the run game. People were worried about the first quarter that didn't get really started up. But that's then they saw the interceptions and the thirty some odd points in the second quarter. Then Georgia looked it looked uh, kind of like an old um, a chainsaw. Took a little pulls to get it going, but once it was going, it was very reliable, and uh, they played complimentary football, and I thought it was a good game. I just want to get your thoughts on the game, and then we'll ask you about maybe some of the uh, uh, finer points of it. Yeah, overall, uh, when you watch these other teams around the SEC, which I do uh, as much as I can to help quantify my comments on this, uh, I'm really excited about Georgia's team, uh, looking at these other teams and some of the uh, inequities that they have and some of the problems they have. Uh, I wouldn't trade our team for any of them. I think we've got a lot of really good things, uh, a lot more than we do things that concern us. But the, the general consensus usually for any uh, sport, though, is look at what you can't do or what you haven't done instead of what you can. And uh, I think certainly we got to do a better job of starting better. Uh, I thought we had a tremendous first drive, but we had a miscue down inside the 10 where we – or 15 where we threw a RPO and the quarterback and receiver weren't on the same page. And then we got behind the sticks, which that's a pl place you don't want to get behind that because, uh, you know, it's too easy to go for the field goal when we missed the field goal. But uh, as you mentioned, the second quarter was just dynamite the way we turned the ball over. And uh, prior to that, getting the kick return, any way you can score uh, like that in, in the special teams is just really – going to help us throughout the year. Uh, I thought our passing game was sharp, uh, didn't have many drop uh, or any kind of uh, miscalculation. I thought uh, Beck moved around in the pocket okay. Sometimes our protection broke down a little bit, but overall okay. Uh, running game still is kind of a work in progress, but I think it'll be a little bit more electric, particularly if Edwards plays this week. And Milton doesn't feel his way. I, I know everybody got excited about Bell's run, and certainly he, he's got some quickness and power, but there's so much that's got to be involved in running our offense that, you know, I think he's just a, a person they got ready in case we need him. But uh, as long as McConkey's not ready, it's kind of hard to pull him out of the receiver rotation. 
as far as guys that stand out, I just think overall our defense is, just really has so many athletes on it. It's really uh, incredible the way they chase the ball, the way they tackle in the open field. Uh, concern about Bullard, I don't know. Anytime you, you get a, an ankle injury in your a position like that, you have to plant and turn. I'm sure they're being safe with him and working him as hard as they can to get him ready. But um, I, I listened to that deal today, and Kirby said he was out there but didn't do a whole lot. So we'll see. But I, I just think that uh, after two games, uh, there's so many good things that worried me that don't now. Our kicking game, I said that going into the season. We had question marks there. Now it's just, you know, very – very awesome, really. I mean, the guy's kicking ball in the end zone. Our punter has had to punt more than he normally did last year, but he's produced. And then our kick return game is just phenomenal. So I think that's going to add to the anything that we might lack offensively, uh, you know, to give us better field position. So uh, I'm excited about the next game, you know, uh, just playing a South Carolina team that challenges you a little bit. We'll, we'll go into that a little bit more. Getting Munton back was huge. I mean, he can make plays all over the field. So uh, it's going to be, uh, from my standpoint, I would give us any work. I would give us close to an A by not having any turnovers on the season at this point, do we? Do we have any turnovers? You got one, one interception. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, we did have that one. But I, even that was tipped. So that was, but that was like a punt. But I mean, that was that wasn't because he threw the ball poorly. But right. and then you know, very limited penalties, a couple bad ones on defense. But uh, if you just watch our team play, and you go, and even if you if you're coming in and have you've been over in Great Britain and never seen a football game, you'd have to think that Georgia's pretty efficient looking team. I mean. There's no sloppy part of them. I mean, they look good in their uniform. They, they're organized. They do what they're supposed to do. They don't do a lot of cheesy stuff at the other team. I mean, it's just a, so much to be proud of. I mean, I like I like our style. Yeah, Coach, you mentioned penalties and maybe look something up real quick. Uh, the team, the least penalized team right now in the conference, not really shockers. LSU. They only have four penalties through two games. And that's kind of one of the Brian Kelly trademarks is they're not supposed to do that. Georgia's second with only eight penalties. But you could be uh, Florida with 13 or uh, Tennessee with 14 or Texas a with 16 or Kentucky with 17. Basically double the number of penalties. Alabama with 10 in one game. Sorry. Yeah, Alabama's got 12 through two games. So that's – Yeah, had 10 against Texas, so. Yeah, I'm just saying that's uh, – and it's not something that we ever talk about. I mean, I thought I was expanding. We team in the, in the SEC last year, right? You looked that up. We, we won that hands down, least penalized in the whole league. Uh, it's least like penalized. Uh, no, I, I, actually, George, uh, Vanderbilt was a least penalized team. Are they in the SEC? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's cold. But only by three. Uh, but to, to your point, uh, Georgia had 66 penalties last year. Uh, Tennessee had 105. So basically, it all adds up, and then the yeah. But hey, uh, we're well coached team, a very disciplined team, and that's no, and that's knowing that the folks hate us. Uh, Dana, I kind of mentioned some of the um, concerns, and when I was doing another radio show today, I was thinking about what 
and coach always calls us out on it when we nitpick over the concerns. It's almost like it's a uh, hey, you can uh, go ahead, Dick. No, no, I'm just saying, no, I'm saying it's a it's almost like a psychological need to say, Where's the danger? What, what, what's the issue coming here? Uh, and I think having coach on the show really helps. Like, look, look at these other teams, <laughs> look at what you're comparing, comparing yourselves to. I, I think we're making. Go back. Everyone's mad about that first quarter. Well, you missed a field goal. It should have been three nothing. But you only got the ball twice. With the new clock rules, the hey, what's concerning mine is that damn clock rule. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a team that I'm undermanned, even in the conference, I'm saying to our coaches, as the head coach, we're coming in there and we're not going to throw any kind of passes unless they're underneath or deep, and we're going to try to make sure. I'm talking about screens where the ball was going to be caught, where the clock's going to keep moving. And we're going to restrict that other team, hopefully to uh, maybe two possessions or less in the first quarter by making a couple first downs. If you make two first downs on a drive, th that eliminates another possession for the offense. Now, the way this thing's trending now, you look at it nationally. So you're going to see a lot of that. I mean, uh, and I can see that. South Carolina probably going to start this game out trying to move the ball and do all that stuff, but I can see them doing some milk the clock. But if they try to milk the clock running the ball, they're not going to run it because they can't run it on us unless they run a draw or something. But I'm just saying you're going to see a lot of that. I mean, around the country, uh, Louisiana Monroe going there to play Texas A&M, that's what they'll do. I mean, everybody's going to do it. That's fair. Dane, your thoughts on the game? Well, first, you may hear some background noise from the North Oconee band, which is practicing just through the way over here in Bogart. So uh, I want our audio listeners to know I'm not just jamming out to, to high school band music. Uh, you know, when I watch on, we did film Don't Lie, and you try to understand, why well, was it 0-0 zero, zero in the first quarter? It's a lot of things that y'all said. You know, when I, when I see Brock Bowers and his stat line, one catch for three yards, you're like, well, they probably left some things out there, and they did. Mike Bobo did a really good job of scheming Bowers to be open multiple times in that first quarter, and for whatever reason, and sometimes it's a better read, sometimes it's he's a distraction, um, sometimes Carson Beck just didn't see it. But when you go back and you watch the tape, like Brock Bowers was open and he had opportunities. And so I think Georgia's offense, which has scored a lot of points and moved for a lot of yards, I think there's more levels to get with them right now because Bowers can do much more. And, you know, as long as he's healthy, I, he's the best playmaker on the team. So if that's a focus of improvement, get him the ball. And I think Roddy brought it up, but I think he held him. I think he had a little nick on his ankle and, and he dropped that one screen, which he could have kept running, but uh, it definitely you know takes away from your offense when he's not in there. I thought Delp did a good job of coming in there and doing a lot of good things too. So, uh, and I, and I I, th I can see as things develop here a little bit as Mike Bobo gets a little more comfortable, uh, I think we're going to condense things now and run so some of the same stuff over and over instead of looking at all these different ways to get the ball to all these, you know, milk all the cows on your, you know, you go out there and milk all the receivers. They, they all get a shot or something. But now I can see multiple catches from some guys and maybe not near as many guys playing as we saw in the first two games. And, and with that, we'll see maybe a little more production. That's a great point. I think 74 players got into the game. Now, granted, you win by 40, they should get in. Uh 
But I think it's back-to-back games where you had either 11 guys catch a pass or 12 guys catch a pass. Uh, I went back to that first game. You, you hit rah-rah with one. But I think Dane bring, makes a good point where, yeah, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of Brock Bowers there. But, again, we haven't seen anything from Lad McConkey yet. We haven't seen anything from Dejan Edwards where these guys hurt. When you have Dejan in the backfield and a healthy, healthier Kendall Milton, he's getting closer and closer to being the guy that he was. Uh, Brock Bowers getting out there. Uh, Marcus Roseman Jackson was just back for his first game. Arian Smith, back-to-back games, has been taking the most snaps. So it's uh, – I still think that, uh, like you said, there's a lot of bullets in the chamber. And if Coach, as you say, they condense that down and start going through their playmakers heavier and heavier. Uh, I mean, again, C.J. Allen gets more snaps than any inside linebacker. When you when it's pop and smile Munden in the middle in the middle of that linebacker core, and you're not getting as much rotation. Again, just a guess on my part. I think all of a sudden we're going to see a, a, a huge difference in week three uh, compared to week I, I two. Michael Williams hasn't played thirty plays this year, has he? That's right. I remember he. Somebody asked me about him in the game uh, Saturday. I'm like, I need I need to go back and check the the snap count. But yeah, it's not. I think these Kirby Smart knows what he has. In these first two games, he's like, let's get those guys sweating. You know, let's get them worked out a little bit. But, I mean, if you just look at the number of snaps that C.J. Smith had on uh, offense and C.J. Allen on defense and uh, Corey Thomas, uh, not, not even the, the – there's another guy that got in there at safety and played a whole bunch of snaps. I didn't even know him. I think Jordan Thomas. Uh, I, mean, just, I was impressed with, with Gabe Harris this last week. I thought he was fantastic on the defense. Christian Miller. All of those freshmen are, you know, going to be good players, but you're going to see, I mean, you're going to see KS put the hammer down Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be interested to see that defensive front coach. Um, You talked about the, how good that defense is. They've given up two scores by the second or third team, both in the fourth quarter. One was a touchdown catch. I don't think it was a catch. The other was a field goal, uh, basically to prevent the shutouts, but, uh, the one concern a lot of people had was, uh, you know, what's it going to be like without Jalen Carter in there? You know, because Jalen's such such a monster. He he saw uh, last yeah. Sunday, uh, last Sunday how strong his uh, how good he is in the NFL. You don't have a Jalen Carter, but you have a lot of you know you got a Warren Brinson, you got a, a you got a Nazir Stackhouse, you have a Tremel. What Walker. difference does it make? What difference does it make? Really? My question. My question is. When Kirby was asked about this, he said, well, we can't really assess how good they they are because we've gone up – they haven't seen the same type of competition we're going to see this weekend. Oh, okay. What is your prediction this weekend? We knew we weren't going to have Jalen Carter. No, I'm not talking about what you said, but you said a lot of people were saying that. Well, I mean, they're just worried. How's it, going to, how, how's it going to work out? Well, I can tell you this. It, go to sleep. You don't need to take any sleeping pill. You don't need to do anything. You should sleep like – Whatever, whatever is the best sleep you ever had. The D line worries me less than. I mean, our D line. You should see our D line against our offense. I mean, when they. I mean that that's nothing to worry about right there. I mean, I might worry a little bit about running game without our, our guys, but you put Hall in there and some of these other guys with our front. Uh, you know, don't. That's something you shouldn't worry about. I mean, ask somebody could ask me a question about worry and all that but uh, i mean i i'm i have a concern usually as a coach you worry a lot more but that thing our d-line our defense as a whole 
does not worry me. I would feel better if Bullard was playing, but I think our defense is going to be monumental this year. Let's flip uh, sides of the line of scrimmage, talk offensive line. I thought it was very interesting when I asked uh, Tate Ratledge. I said, look, you know, does it get frustrating two weeks in a row, a team stacking the box trying to take away your run? And he says, no, we still have to block them, even if we're outnumbered, even if they got seven, eight. He said, basically, that's no excuse. We still have to move those guys. And I'm thinking, well, I like the mindset, but still it's two on one in some of those spots, you know. And But see, there's there in it again. Watch how many times we pass the ball compared to running it. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, the only reason we run it is so people won't worry about it. I mean, go <laughs> every damn time against these teams. But I mean, you got to see if you can run the ball. But if it's a conference game and people play like that, they'll, they'll throw the ball every down. Why you have to force a run? I mean, I don't, uh, I don't see that myself. But uh, a good answer from Tate, though. Hey, we're going to make the best of it. I, I like that, but. Well, I mean, he—he I mean, he, 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 you mentioned though you're you're kind of peeing up a rope when you go against that look. I mean, I don't know anybody's going to be able to do that. I don't see anybody do. I mean, Alabama couldn't do it on Texas. Uh, you know, Texas really couldn't run the ball that great against Alabama. I mean, you know, force the team to throw and see if they can beat you. I think they can. I, uh, speaking of uh, the margin of victory, that brings up one of our friends at uh, deadsoxy.com, they had a margin of victory sale. Basically, how however many points Georgia won by, that's how much you would get off if you went to deadsoxy.com and bought your socks over there. Now, they had to cap it at 40, so and Georgia scored over 40 points, so they, you hit the maximum amount of discount possible. If Georgia won by 20, it would be 20% off, but they won by over 40, so... Right now, if you go to deadsoxy.com, use promo code UGA Sports, the normal 25% off was won't it will be increased to 40% off. So go to deadsoxy.com, get the red and black socks, get them before the um get this Tuesday night. You can order them, you'll probably have them by the game time this weekend. Uh hit up our friends at deadsoxy.com, get the 40% off. It's, it's the best deal they're gonna have all year. Use promo code UGA Sports. You don't have to remember anything, you know, any fancy code. Hit them up when you get the chance. They're gonna do it again this week. <laughs> it's good through. It's good through the game. So uh, it's the best deal of the year. It might be even better one this week. Oh, that, that's some that's some intense foreshadowing as the way coach is breaking down the South Carolina game. And I also want to mention uh, our friends at uh, Your Pie because they have a new pizza out. It's a Philly cheesesteak pizza. Uh, wow. this thing was, this thing you think it's for all the dogs that are playing for the Eagles? You think that's what this is I, about? You know, when I saw that, I texted Drew, and I'm like, Philly cheesesteak, you know, or like a, a, the little emoji where the guy's rubbing his chin wondering about it. And I'm thinking something had to hit in there because he knows how many uh, guys are uh, Georgia players are on that uh, Philadelphia right. Eagles team. And it looks phenomenal with the steak on it and uh, all the peppers. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should probably do is get that for the game at 3.30 this coming uh, Saturday, get a bunch of those Philly cheesesteak pizzas. I'd be for that. I'd be for that. Oh, sure. Wait till I'm not there and go get the ear pipe. Uh, they were getting on uh, Nolan Smith up there not to call it Philly cheesesteak, call it just cheesesteak because everybody knows it's cheesesteak in Philly. Yeah. But I guarantee you, if Drew is coming up with it, it's going to be good. 
and he's a big Georgia supporter. I saw him over there the other day uh, uh, when I was going to the training room. He, he's all around the program. Right? And one of the things I like about this show is guys that help support it are big Georgia people too. That, that means a lot. With Athens Ford, all these people, they they behind the dogs. And that's what you need to do if you watch this show, support these people. I mean, that's, that's, that'd be good. Uh, Kirby, speaking of support, um, Tonka Hemingway of South Carolina was asked, uh, you know, at SEC Media Days, which uh, which stadiums are the loudest, and he didn't mention Georgia. I don't even know if he's even played at Georgia. He, he could be, you know, maybe he didn't make that trip or something. But if he did, he didn't list Georgia amongst the loudest places. And Kirby jumped on that like a duck on a June bug. He's like, "Well, maybe that's a challenge to the Georgia fans. Maybe we'll see if they're a leader or not Saturday." And he basically used that as a calling uh, card to get the. Uh, excuse me, a rallying cry to get the uh, fans to come out 3.30 on Saturday to get excited about the game. I think a lot of people are excited because there was not a lot of attendance at this past. I'm not saying a lot of there, there was no excitement about Ball State, but people are excited about South Carolina. So yeah, I, I think really, though, if you look at the last couple big games that we've had, and I don't know that this is that big a game uh, nationally, but, you know, when Arkansas came in here, I mean, our crowd, I mean, at Tennessee, I mean, our crowd was – as good as I've ever been around, and I've it, very it's capable that they're getting in a good habit of uh, understanding what you can do. And and the thing about it, sometimes in life you you have things that are uh, you know kind of on a roll. And I would say this: I don't think anybody in the, this generation is ever going to experience anything like this team. This team here, uh, the last two years, and maybe this year. I mean, and it's going to keep rolling. Maybe not as dominant as far as winning everything, but just to be saying you went to school at Georgia or you your kids were at Georgia or you were a donor for Georgia when they were on it. I mean, how many people can ever say that the rest of their life? I mean, so Not many. it's going to be uh, enjoy the ride. I mean, I go back to that Oklahoma run we had, which was really unbelievable, but we had we, we didn't enjoy it enough. My family, myself, and everything. I look back at some of the way we beat the dog shit out of people. I mean, every week, just dominate. Beat Nebraska three straight years, Texas, all those people, and you know, you know, lost two games. But we shouldn't have lost those. But the the whole point was just a lifetime experience, and then and then we're going through it again here. So I mean, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, as well you should. I a lot of the people waited. I mean. We you'd be go to ugasports.com and people would say I was in school in 1980. I was in school in 81. I was there for that. And the young bucks like me are like, well, I was seven years old or dang, wasn't even born, you know. And it's like, what 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 was it like, you know? And now we're seeing that. And to your point about that Arkansas game, that Tennessee game, those big games at home. Kirby Smart has coached up the fans. They affect the game now. You saw how many uh, illegal procedure calls there are. You see these teams jumping off sides. The quarterback can't hear a damn thing when he's under center, especially down on the uh, you know, east end zone in front of those students. Right. It's, a, it's a zoo right. down there, and it does affect the game. And what does Kirby want? He wants to affect the game this Saturday. Uh, doesn't, that make it, doesn't even make you feel good as a fan to say, God, those, we just got their ass again. They jumped off sides. Yeah. Well, you had something to do with it because you know – you know, you know, sometimes the defense shifts and they, they don't work on it. But, uh, but, you know, just the, to be able to control the game a little bit with the home field advantage is just a, a heck of a deal there. I mean, we 
we had that at Marshall and had that at uh, Oklahoma. I mean, it, when it's, it's a little bit more fun uh, to do it to somebody you don't like to, you know, that's yeah. more fun. I was Steven. even to, like this weekend. I'm going to Georgia Southern at Wisconsin uh, on a work trip. I I found a ticket to that game thirty rows up in in Camp Randall for like twenty four bucks. I'm like, oh, this is a different flow than what's going on in Athens right now. Yeah, well, they just got dog got dogged out there by Washington State too. And uh, but that that stadium rocks. I mean, it really kind of moves. They get you know they start playing that song there in the fourth quarter, and it kind of. So you might ought to go down to the restroom or something. So <laughs> you might not want to be there just in case. I mean, I, I mean, it actually moves a little bit. Maybe they've worked on the foundation a little bit. But uh, yeah, that that, that plays not. No, thank you. Uh, speaking of South Carolina and uh, the loud crowd, Coach, what's your take on South Carolina? I mean, uh, Spencer Rattler is kind of leaving the SEC as a quarterback spot. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, we, we know they lost North Carolina. Um, Coming in one and one um, for a little while, there's a little closer with Furman. Uh, you mentioned that it could be a, a big margin of victory. I know maybe you're being a little facetious, maybe you're not. So give me your thoughts on South Carolina. No, I mean, I was just asking about what the rule was on Dead Soxy in case they would include that if we would beat it more than that. I don't know if we will or not. We, the last two years, we've completely destroyed this team, uh, you know, really beating them very handily. But Rattler is a guy that is very capable of hurting you with a deep ball and he can move around okay in the pocket. I think he gets a little credit for being more uh, of a scrambler than he is. Some of his scrambles now are just because they're lying. It's just looked so bad against North Carolina and they did a little better against Furman, but you know, they got the one receiver legged that one guy Brown, I, I got hurt the other night. I don't know if he's going to be able to play juice. Wells. Uh, everything's up in the air, but uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, defensively, very similar, very similar team than that, that they had last year. They they lost Birch, who was you know I thought one of the best linemen they had. He he went to Oregon, and they lost Marshawn Lloyd. Went to USC on offense, and they're tight end playing for uh, uh, one of them's playing for the for the uh, Florida State Seminoles, and the other one Nate Atkins, who is the son of Greg Atkins, the guy that I and coach here has made the Denver Broncos roster. So uh, they've got some uh, issues there. And their running game, uh, they're counting on that Jorner guy who was the Wildcat quarterback last year. They, they haven't shown much propensity for running the ball. They always take some chances in the kicking game, and or you got to be ready for that. But uh, we just got to – we got to be aware of, of taking care of the ball and, uh, you know, not trying to get too – caught up and trying to stomp them away. But I think we got a really good plan to every week. Our guys do a good job of attacking what we're going against. And, you know, we just got better players than they do at this point. I mean, we got better players than everybody. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, apparently if you want to stop their onside kicks, you just give the chain gang a couple hot dogs and then not going to onside yeah, kick anymore. That was, that was not – I mean, I'm sure he was frustrated about that, but I mean, when you just get beat like that, it's hard to make that the point of it. But uh, you know, he come like today. He was kissing George's butt, talking about Tyler Simmons still. So uh, uh, he was talking about that. You know, he was involved with the offense, with the special teams here, and 
that he was an offside, which is true. And, you know, that would have been his chance to win a national championship uh, as an assistant coach, that's for sure. Right, I'm looking at Rattler. He's got um, 55 uh, completions and 66 attempts, 83.3% completion ratio for 700 yards. So, uh, by that's he's only second only to AJ Swan at Vanderbilt in uh, passing yardage uh, in the SEC. Pretty dangerous, but losing Birch was big. I remember that recruiting battle between Georgia and South Carolina for Birch. That was huge. Uh, that was a knock, one of those knockdown drag out ones. And uh, his mama uh, sent him to South Carolina, which, yeah, I um, wish it would have worked out well, better. You know, Dan, Dan Lanning was in on it, and then he didn't get him the first time. He got him the second. <laughs> there you go. So uh, happy for him, but. Uh, what do you want to see, Coach, from uh, Georgia this week? I mean, you, you mentioned uh, what you kind of expect to see. Is there any – I just like to see see our guys out there healthy. Uh, you know, I don't know what Lad's situation is, but he just gives you, as Kirby mentioned when I was listening to him, he just gives you that experience, that knowledge that, uh, you know, he knows what to do. He knows how to read coverages. And he's just a very uh, adept at making plays when you got to have them. Big third down reception. And then, of course, it'd be nice to have Bowers get off like he did against South Carolina. I think he scored like two touchdowns on them last year in the first half. One was on a reverse on a goal line, and then he caught that ball down the middle. So, uh, But it's just a case of playing up to your potential is what I yeah. like. The difference between performance and, and, you know, and potential. I'd like to see us get some performance here and, and not have to – get on here next week and you ask me the same question, which you're right. I mean, Hey, what do we got to do? I mean, why aren't we doing better? But we're doing better in a lot of things, but I'd like to see our offense be a little more explosive and get some, some good runs that, that don't look like, you know, beating farts out of a dead mule to make a first down with, you know what I mean? Just no, I got you. knock them off the ball and, and then, you know, make explosive runs. But I, I like, uh, I like our defense. I think our defense is going to take the challenge. I mean, when a team can't run the ball in our defense, they're in some severe heat because those those guys are going to pin their ears back and get after Rattler. And uh, you know, he's a he's a good player. I mean, but he's always been uh, close to being the winner, but never has. You know, that's that's what he's got to do. Uh, uh, he, he's got. It's not his fault he doesn't have a great supporting cast, but I think we're going to play against similar quarterbacks from other teams. But he definitely is off to a better start this year than he did last year, and he finished up the year great. Yeah, he did finish. He did finish strong. I was I was quite impressed with uh, his victories there towards the end. I, uh, Coach Dane, either one of you, do we see more or less of Dylan Bell this week? Doing at running back specifically? Yeah, running back and wide receiver. He's a playmaker. I, so, yeah, you're going to see him play. I, I Kirby says he's not going to move to running back full time. It doesn't sound like that's in his future, but I think he'll still get a couple reps there. Yeah, I, I think uh, you probably got to keep him at receiver, maybe play him where Ladd was uh, if, if he's not playing. But uh, I think the guys that just scares me is Ra Ra when he gets. Uh, He's going to do some things for us. I mean, he's really close. So uh, hopefully he'll do it. And Lovett made some big moves last week, too. So, uh, and then you saw Rosemill, you know, make some really good plays. 
excuse me. So I think it's just uh, I wouldn't use Bell in the backfield if Edwards and Milton are there. If if they're if they're not, then maybe use him some. Roddy, I'll give you the name of another guy that if he can get back healthy, I think will be an asset for Georgia because the wide receiver blocking has left something to be desired. I think Jackson Meeks is really good at that. I know he's a good special teams player, but even with Marcus Rosemey Jackson coming back, the receiver blocking improved. I think there'll be a time this year where Jackson Meeks is needed to help break something in the open field into a big play because of his blocking. He's good. You're right. It's a good point. And the other thing that we got to remember is so many of those plays last year that broke were a result of Darnell Washington just engulfing people. And even if he didn't put, pin them to the ground, he just they can't get around him. So I think uh, that helped our perimeter quick passing game, having Darnell out there. And then last week, Rock had two dominant blocks, you know, where he just destroyed people. So uh, it's – when we put it together, it's going to be like I say it once a year, that little boy there in Manhattan when I was there. He said, one, you better say your poyas. <laughs> that was his sister's name was Aaron, and she would pick on him, and he, he would be ready to get after her, and he'd say, one, you better say your poyas. All right, we got some questions. We'll talk. To, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then come back and answer your, your questions on the dogvet.com. Uh, first and foremost, I want to mention our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. They have a new beer out there, a feist beer. Look, it's September 12th. You're getting right into the heart of Oktoberfest. You need to check out uh, um, Academia Brewing Company. Get out on the patio when the weather's nice. Try their all their new beers. Try their great food. Catch any of their uh, um, motorcycle nights or their you know, car show Sundays or their trivia Tuesdays or the live music Thursdays. There's always something going on out at Academia Brewing Company. And again, how is that kind of Oktoberfest? Don't, you don't have to wait till October. Get out there right now and go ahead and have some of their new Oktoberfest type beers. Uh, try all the great food. Uh, there's amazing things going on out there and it is a great place to watch the game. If you come in Saturday and you don't have tickets to the game, or, you know, you just want to go by there and tailgate before you go to the game or after the game when the game's over and you're, you want to go celebrate a victory. Swing by Academia Brewing Company. They have huge tables. You can take a big group out there, and everybody can get something different. The food is fantastic. And you're like, well, does this person want pizza? This person wants a barbecue. This person wants uh, wings. You know, what – there's amazing – this person wants trout. You know, there's a ton of different stuff out there that you can try with our friends at Academia Brewing Company. also want to mention – Andy Ludecki in MyPerfectFranchise.net. He's got a post at the top of UG Sports right now, which is Franchise of the Month. He does this every month. He puts out a trivia question saying, what franchise is this? And he lists all the features in it, how much money it makes, the time involved. And uh, this one today is pretty interesting. So uh, whoever gets that question right, they get a uh, free – he pays for three additional months of membership to UJ Sports for them. He does it on a bunch of sites. He he advertises on a ton of Rivals sites, not just the Georgia one, but a ton of others, because he's helping a large number of people change their career paths. They're going to him, and they're finding out, hey, uh, if I want to have my own franchise, I want just a turnkey, or I want something uh, very specific, I want something involved, I want to change my job trajectory completely – he can walk you through the smallest to the largest types of franchises, what, what you would need for financing, how it works, what you need to do. 
So reach out to myperfectfranchise.net. Talk to Andy Ludecki. Uh, he's going to make it very easy for you to do it. It doesn't cost you anything. If he tells you, hey, this isn't for you, then you'll know, and you wouldn't have wasted a dime. Hey, Roddy, I wanted, I saw those guys in the canoe. How was your J-stroke in the canoe? Were you pretty good with J-stroke? Yeah. I was. I only want to do that canoe racing. You see those guys where they uh, line up beside each other and half the guys are on one side and half the other, there's a deep dig. I'm like, oh, oh that's, 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 true. that's true. That's true. No, no, I, I'm talking, I think this is like in Indonesia. Oh, but you know, like uh, Frank Howard said, he didn't want anybody to play crew where he sat on your ass and went backwards. So, <laughs> no, uh, these guys are going forward and it's a hard dig down and they're so fast. You got to have a good J stroke in a canoe. Yeah. So I got it. All right. Although, if we go up to Broad River Outpost and I take one of the canoes down the uh, broad, I will flip it over. I guarantee it. Okay. Let's get to our questions here Can't from UGASports.com. And Roddy gave me nothing to transition with there. So I just kind of. Uh, nice, clunky transition. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what you paid me for, I'm a professional broadcaster, and that's what you paid me for. Bulldog Ben says, PFF has Carson Beck graded around 60 through two games. Spencer Radler hovering around 90. Does Coach think this is concerning? And I'll tell you, Brent Rollins, our pro football-focused expert, uh, popped in here and said, zero concern from him. Beck's overall grade through two games, 77.7, with an 82.1 passing grade. What was the 64? What were they what- – I, I guess in total, maybe some of the running things, and then um, the only turnover-worthy play was the fumble, and I, I guess he got docked for that, the fumble that Georgia recovered last week. Yeah. Well, he had interception. You know, I, I, I feel good about our quarterback. I wouldn't switch those two. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't I, – I feel good about it. All, I wouldn't switch any of our three for Rattler myself. Really? God, have you seen Rattler play when the heat's on him? I watched him up at Oklahoma for two years. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not. I think he's a decent, a good quarterback, but I don't. I'll be surprised if he if he makes it in the pros. I'll eat. You know, I don't know what I'll do, but I mean, I, I don't think. I think he's a good, solid quarterback. But yeah, no. You know. Curious where you ranked him. That's no, I'm not surprised. I mean, I. He did have issues. He has transferred, but um, those last few games, he looked pretty good. But at the same time, I'm not worried about Carson Beck. Uh, I, I'm with you, Coach. I don't think they've really unleashed him yet. So it'll be fun to – and, again – Well, they don't, here's the thing that's going to help Carson, and this might not help the fans here. We're probably not going to throw the ball as much as we've been throwing it because he, he, have a, he has a tendency – to, when you're throwing that much, you, you can you can dissect and say, "Hey, he didn't hit this," but all of a sudden now he's just throwing eight or ten less passes. But every one he throws, the guy's got blinker lights on because we're running the ball so good. So I think you'll be a lot more successful the more our running game goes. Question from Andy Stowe: Brent Rollins said in the post game overreaction that he was out on Brock Vandegrift, says he doesn't think Brock sees things as quickly as he as he should. Is Coach Donnan seeing the same thing, or should Brock Vandegrift uh, be moved down and Gunnar Stockton become the official number two quarterback? You know, everybody's got their own thoughts about it, uh, and, and Brent studies the tape a lot more than I do, uh, but I get to see him once in a while, maybe a little more live. I, I'm, I'm a, I like Vandergriff. I think uh, system-wise, this he's not as 
quick to read coverages as, as Becky hasn't been around him as much, but he's got so many things going for him that I, I think you got to be a little bit more patient about seeing what he can do when he, when he has a chance to, you know, get in there three or four series, everything, you know, at this point, he just had seven or eight plays and he got to be perfect on those. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, and Gunner, I like Gunner too. I mean, I I think the uh, the thing about Brock, he's had more time around here, but both these guys are good. And I would be, I disagree about the potential of uh, of uh, Brock with Brent, but maybe he's basing it on the fact he doesn't see things quite as quickly. But um, you know, I I didn't read coverage as good as I needed to, but I won. <laughs> I like the Brock go back to that first game. He had two plays. One was a great run, good pass, both called back. And it was a frustrating kind of three and out because of penalties. The next time he got in, he had that long pass to Rara Thomas for 56 yards. And he throws a second one to Oscar Delp. So he had two plays, 77 yard touchdown drive. I'm like, this kid has potential, all the potential in the world. Uh, you call an offense that makes use of his legs and uh, what he can do. I got all the faith in him in the world, and he's a giant. He's a, he's hey, a, lot, of, a lot of teams in this. A lot of teams in this league would like to have either one of those guys. Absolutely, uh, they could start. Either one of those guys could start for. Yeah, I mean that's like trying to decide between key lime pie and chocolate cake. They're both going to be good. I mean, they'd be be playing for a lot of these teams. My favorite question that came in this week was from Doofus Dog, and I think Doofus. this Doofus has been around a long time. Doofus dog. I think this is in regard to Dylan Bell, but he said, Coach, what led to the decision to move Robert Edwards from safety to running back? Good question. I, I didn't, I wasn't involved in that decision, but I would give whoever made that a very good A. Plus. Uh, you know, Robert was one of the best players I ever coached, athlete wise, talent wise, toughness. And uh, he, he had a couple injuries here before I came and then while I was here and then one in the pros, but tremendous athlete. He and Terrence both, I noticed Terrence today was wishing his mother a happy birthday and his mother was great and his father. They're both great to me. And uh, I remember when they came over to my office between his junior and senior year and wanted to talk about, can Robert go, should he go pro or not? And and, uh, I told him, I said, what I'm going to do is research this talk to some of my friends that are coaches and general managers, and I'm going to tell you what I think's best for Robert. And then you've got to make that decision. And I checked it out and everybody said they just didn't have enough to compare, uh, you know, him as a, as a pure back to be a higher draft choice. And he'd really benefit from the next year. And I told him that, and his dad looked me right now. I said, coach, if you feel that he's coming back. And wow. I'll always remember that. The fact that, you know, they trusted me and uh, that's what you got to do. And that's what Kirby does with them. You, you got to have that kind of relationship with them. And so, you know, there's no way you can look at Champ Bailey and his mother and say, hey, Champ, if you come back here, well, you can really get some, hey, no. But, uh, uh, I was trying to NIL that one before they had NIL. But there's no way you can do that. But I, I, I just want to – and Robert, I'm so proud of him and Terrence are both coaching. Robert's doing a great job back at his old high school now at Washington. And uh, 
uh, you know, it, it means a lot to him. And uh, he, he, when he was healthy, in the pros, he was sticking it. I mean, he was really doing it up there in uh, just great family. And uh, his mother was always, you know, we'd go by that place. I can't think of the name of the place there and stop in there. And Am I the Dairy Lane? And, uh, Dairy Lane. Dairy Lane. I'd go yes, in sir. Go in there and pay $50 for a hamburger. Uh, it's funny. You know <laughs> I mean, well, I forgot to I forgot to get my change. No, I didn't ever do that. <laughs> the uh, you mentioned Kirby. The I brag about that is not about me. I'm bragging about the kid and the family. Okay, and people ask me to share stories. That's a story right there that I'll never forget. That kind of trust right there, and it's always been like that with Robert and his family. I'm talking about his dad. Yeah. I go to the next question, Dave. Uh, next question, uh, Bulldog Ben is doing some sleuthing of Kirby Smart press conferences. He says, Coach Smart critiques Stetson Bennett harshly after the Ohio State game and some others. He said the tone seems to have changed a bit with Carson Beck. Maybe it's just different players and a different approach. I get that. But does Coach Donnan think that the quarterback one, Carson Beck here, has played up to Kirby's standard? If not, why not the same vernacular from Coach Smart? I think you're establishing this guy. You know, the other guy was already established. I mean, he's got one game left, you know, and he's kind of trying to juice him up for that next game. You know what I mean? So you, that's the way you do things. You the, you use different uh, ways to motivate and support. And uh, and one of the things you want to do is build the confidence of the team around them, you know. And uh, so I think it's just a different scenario. He, he wasn't talking one way about, you know, you know uh, Stetson all the time. It was just that that one time, just trying to get him ready for that last one. But I think in Carson's defense, he's played pretty good. I mean, he could play better, but uh, it, it, I think he's going to with the advent of some more running game where he doesn't have to just everything. You know, everybody in the stadium sees him a lot more than they do anybody else because we're throwing two passes to every one run, aren't we? It was like 65-35. Well, okay. Kirby was quick to point out that some of those are the extension of the run game things, and they kind of internally count that as somewhat of a run play. Right. He, uh, but I'm saying, but he, he still throws the ball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, running game question from GATA Dogs. As is Coach Donnan, how would you get the run game going in its current state without screens? Just looking at it, I don't think George is getting zone blocking as compared to gap schemes. Well, the gap uh, is good because you can stop penetration inside, but you, you really uh, eliminate a lot of the outside uh, potential to block people coming off the edge when you block down. You know, the guys are coming at an angle on you. So it's six one half does other because when you zone, then sometimes they can run through the inside and remiss. So, but the, the reality is, you know, you go to Kentucky Derby when you got the horses that can run, you let them run. When you got the, the, the ones that are not that great, you don't win. The, so we got to get our horses lathered up. I think when we do that, because my feeling is if you look at the teams in the NFL that can run the ball, it's the ones that have the great backs, not the great linemen. It's the guys that can make the, make four yards no matter what. And that's what you got to have. 
I mean, you got to have the great back. And to this point, we've been limited because of some of our injuries. Uh, Follow-up question from Rug Slanger. He says the general perception is that Georgia's running game is not as good this year as it was last year. But he said Anthony Dasher recently posted the surprising statistics that through two games this year, Georgia, 57 carries for 259 yards. Uh, or that was last year, 57 carries, 259 yards. This year, 58 carries, 258 yards. So what's the difference in perception? I think Oregon game last year, you know, where we played against the team that ran our defense and we knew exactly how to call it. We made so many big plays and it looked so effortless as far as you know, seven or eight straight possessions. And you think, you, you know, you're going to be able to just simulate that the same way. And we – as we mentioned last week, the guys, a lot of guys are playing in the pros. Uh, but I mean, like a, as much as I worry about some things, not football wise, I worry about not being able to change direction or hit my second serve like I need to or stuff like that. But I'm just telling you right now, I am not worried about our running game. I'm not worried about our defensive line. I'm worried about injuries and that's it. If we got, we get, Four players back, Bullard, Milton, Edwards, and McConkey. Elwin, you better really say your question. <laughs> Big time. Uh, this is our last question from the vent, and then we'll go over to YouTube after our next break. Uh, this is from D-Rock UGA Coach. He says, Travis Hunter is averaging about 135 snaps a game. How did you manage Champ Bailey's snap count, which didn't seem like it was quite that high, and then also – with improvements in sports medicine in the last 25 years, is the snap count even as big of a concern as it was back in the late 90s? Well, they got better uh, ways to hydrate you, no question about it. And uh, even to the point where some guys get IVs at halftime in some schools. So I think it's the uh, way we monitor champ is basically – you know, just tell me when you need a break if you're playing both ways. But uh, there's times where we didn't play him on offense when we were cruising, you know. But uh, he got he get mad if you take him out. I mean, he, he, I didn't want to make him mad. So uh, we, we just did a good job. Of, uh, I didn't want to make him mad. <laughs> talking to him about it. You know, come here. Hey, champ, you need a break or what? And uh, he wanted to return punts, return kickoffs, and uh, – I tell you, one of the best things I ever did, the most fun I ever did. We used to line up in this one personnel package, which Champ was included, and he would shift from we were in an unbalanced line, and he would be in the I formation. Then he would shift out to the weak side, and then all of a sudden we would have a three by one look. You see, so what I mean? We were in a slot to the field, and he would shift into the boundary, and then we would see if they'd play him one on one, and we'd throw passes to him and all kind of screens and things. But one game I said, look, we're not going to shift. We're just going to turn and toss it to champ, you know, to the slot side, unbalanced line. And it was like the parting of the seas. The guy barely tripped him up. But, I mean, he went around that corner like a human ballistic missile when he caught that toss sweep. And uh, we started running that a little more. And then, you know, people thought he was going to either go in motion or shift out. And, um, if he could have had any kind of publicity like we should have had during that junior year, he had a lot better stats than Woodson did, particularly on offense. 
you know, Woodson beat Peyton Manning for the Heisman, but Champ had unbelievable offensive stats and very similar defense to Wood, Woodson, plus the special teams he had. So didn't really jump on that quick enough. I don't think you had to go to NFL scouts and ask where where Champ Bailey stood, right? And that was pretty obvious from the get-go. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were frothing at the mouth to get him. And they like Robert. I mean, it's just a question of, you know, you know, talking about running backs now, they don't pay them. They don't draft them early, all that stuff. Well, you know, 20 years ago, it was similar to that. Yeah. You don't want to pay it. only take a guy – to be a running back because of shelf life is not that long. Right. Um, to this last question, why don't we, before we get to the ones in the comment section, again, now's your time to get your uh, questions answered. Put them in the section there. we got a few minutes left. Uh, but I do want to mention our friends at Athens Ford. They are uh, one of our premier sponsors of our show. They have 647 vehicles on their lot as we speak. And you can probably go to their website and find a lot more. So, uh, tons of vehicles available. They will bring them to you uh, from some of their sister uh, uh, locations, if you will, because uh, they have more than just Athens Ford. They have uh, other places they can reach out to as part of their uh, system. Uh, the one thing I try to tell people, especially if you're new to the show, I know we have some new listeners. When we talk about Athens Ford, these are the folks here in Athens out on the west side that provide vehicles for the dog walk. They uh they provided vehicles for the national championship parades. They are very involved in the Georgia program. They are huge supporters of, of the program. They're not just named Athens, uh, you know, just for location. If you go out there and talk to any of them, they are giant Georgia Bulldog fans. They're part of the community. They do tons of stuff for the community. They always uh, do little leagues and uh, the lights out at the botanical gardens. Every time you go anywhere, you'll see, you know, sponsored in part by Athens Ford, but, it's too easy to get confused with all the other stuff that, that we talk about. Just remember this one thing. If you need a new vehicle or a pre-owned vehicle, if you go out there, you're going to you know, 99 times out of hundred, you're going to get one with a lifetime powertrain warranty. Most important thing you can get. You don't get that at other, at other Ford locations. It's exclusive to Athens Ford in this area. So remember that don't, you don't have to remember all the other stuff they do. The fact that they'll buy your car the fact that they have a great service department just remember that if you go to Athens Forge, you get the lifetime powertrain warranty, and they're the only—they only, are the only place where you can get that. So hit them up. A uh, question from Matthew Goodwin. Just curious, who's the scout team quarterback, or is that done by committee? Yeah, I think uh, at this point, uh, uh, Muschamp is the scout team quarterback, and another kid—I'm not—I don't know his name, uh, the, the, because they're, they're giving Gunner reps down there with uh, along with. Vandergrift. So those are the two. Jason asked, uh, first, he's watching from Dallas. So thanks for watching out in Texas. Wow. Jason. Says, uh, <laughs> Ooh, 40 nothing. Uh, it says, Coach, does uh, Coach Smart replace Lad McConkey with Makai Muse even when Lad comes back? I wouldn't think so. Muse is really good, but uh, uh, McConkey's one of the best players in the country and uh, he's got a lot of of uh, different ways to hurt you. Now he might be might use him more on punt returns than maybe Lad, so he can play more on offense. Maybe that's what he was asking, but I don't see him coming in the lineup uh, as a receiver over Lad. 
did see where Lad got named to the All-State Good Works team for his community service work. So that's yeah, uh, he, he always should. a good sign. He's good at that. Um, he, he goes, I've seen him, he always posts pictures from elementary schools or different camps. This was a camp out in Lincoln County um, that he had made a priority of his. So I know that's uh, yeah, that's always a good look for Georgia players. Yeah, I don't know if he got a date, uh, dating somebody serious or not, but any of you guys out there need a future son-in-law, that'd be somebody I'd look at. Uh, Jermaine King says, speaking of Champ Bailey, how many NFL Hall of Famers has Coach Donnan coached? Oh, uh, I don't know. I have to look that up. It's not. It's not like I got a volume of because there's not many of many guys in the Hall of Fame. But going back to a lot of different places, I got several. That's for sure. I mean, not because of me though. Just guys I was associated with. Uh, sure. Jason, Jason clarified well, he had, here. He had three teams, three guys on our team at Oklahoma that. Four guys on our team in Oklahoma are in the College Hall of Fame: Troy Aikman, Keith Jackson, Ricky Dixon, and Tony Casillas. I mean, that's just one team. They were okay. Yeah, I saw the story the other day where Troy Aikman, uh, like he he said that he considered returning to the Miami Dolphins, like in the early two thousands at some point. I should have texted you about that because I didn't know Troy was. They were trying to get him to come back, and uh, I'm sure the. Jets are trying to get Tom Brady. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes, <sighs> love it. Um, Jason clarified he was meaning at punt returner when Lad comes back. When yeah, I mean, he's, he's, that's a good, good thing to think about because you get some shots there. I mean, Muse has earned the right to be the punt returner. I mean, that guy's fearless and he's, he's quick. And uh, we pointed out on the watch along show the his ability to accelerate so quickly. You know, there's one thing to have quickness and speed, but to be going that kind of speed real quick helps you get that first five yards. That's where you get rolling and you get that wall. And if you look at that punt return again uh, on uh, tape, uh, and it's probably on YouTube or whatever, you can see how, how many good decisions our guys made where they had a chance to block and they let up and not block a guy in the back. And then Jalen Walker at the end, just kind of took it. He kind of slipped over in front of the guy, like he's doing. Uh, sorry, kind of hit a guy close, but you know that was just good coaching there. I thought it was really good. Uh, there's a lot of things in the comments that are similar to what Christopher Black says, and it's I remember taking a nap after hunting and waking up and the dogs kicking Florida's ass in '97 with Robert Edwards running all over them, and that's a great memory for me. That's good. I don't know why he was hunting. I wish he had been at the game, but uh, uh, he was. I was there. It was great. I he remember. Was, <laughs> he was probably hunting some gator bait. But, uh, you know, the thing about that game that, and I talked to Bob Stoops about it after every time he sees me, he said, Coach, I can't believe that you guys felt like you could snatch our five techniques. And I said, Well, when you got a guy with arms like Chris Terry, you can probably do that, you know. What I meant was, you know, when a guy is outside shoulder of a tackle, and I think they had Javon Curse. I'm not sure who the guy was. Um, uh, maybe, maybe he would played later. I don't remember. But whoever it was, you can't. You sh you're not supposed to be able to hook a guy that's that wide. But Terry did it consistently the whole game, and 
And then we had you talk about a trained guy out on the edge blocking Heinz Ward. He just liked to hurt people. I mean, he didn't even care. And it, so we were able to get the ball on the edge to Robert, and he just – it was not something that was very statistic. If you analyze it, it wasn't a good thought process. You don't run outside on a wide five technique. I mean, you ask anybody, you don't do it. But we did it, and I don't I don't know why we thought we could. I guess because Chris Terry said he could hook him. <laughs> and uh, that's another guy that just believed in us. And I said, Chris, you're not playing that much on defense. You can start for us on offense. And, we won't have a lot of plays for you, but we'll just kind of bring you along. And all you got to do is just grab those guys and hold on to them. And once in a while, I'll call you for holding. That's a man mountain. Love Chris. That wraps our, that wraps our questions uh, in this show, Roddy. And uh, y'all have the watch along show this weekend. Yeah. I'm uh, missing out on that, but uh, it's going to be a great show. I'll watch from, uh, from Wisconsin up there. I got Got the joke tonight because I want everybody to go to bed funny, laughing. So during COVID, the uh, you know all the schools were closed and the kids could never go anywhere. And so these teachers in Louisville decided that they were. Uh, and I've told Roddy this joke before, so he won't laugh like he should. But these three these teachers decided they're going to take three three boys and three girls to different venues to do, teach them how to get a little culture now that they were out of. COVID protocol. So he took six kids to the theater, six kids to the library, and six kids out to Churchill Downs to watch the race. So when he went out to the race, the little girls uh, asked the teacher before uh, they went to sit down and said, hey, do you mind if we go to the bathroom? said, yes, go ahead. And so they went, and then the boys said, we will too. So the boys went in there, and one of the boys came out and told the teacher, said, look, those urinals in there are too high. We can't reach them. You think you can come in and help us? And she's thinking, well, nobody will be in there. The race is getting ready to start. I'll just go in there. And so she walks in there and uh, and she picks up this first uh, uh, boy and said, wow. So you're a little big for the third grade. He said, well, I appreciate you helping me, Mom. Man, but I'm riding Silver Fox in the sixth. <laughs> You had not told me that one. Huh? You had told me that one. Well, it's pretty good. He's riding, he's picking up that jockey. I, I, I was hoping, Roddy, you'd say I'd heard that one, but it was a different race horse. I know. I had not heard that one. That's one of your better ones. Dane, you like it or not? I do. I like it. I was hoping that you had told Roddy before, but you used a different racehorse name in each version of it. That would make me laugh. I appreciate you. I appreciate you helping me. Okay, okay. Just put up with me. I got to go to bed. This is too late for me. No, that, that was a good one. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Uh, should be back at our, main, our regular time next Tuesday at noon. We will see yeah. you then. But, hey, it's my fault, but I want to tell everybody, if you're not going to the game, I want you to get on this Watch Along show this week because I'm going to have a mean on. I'm going to be ready to go i'm gonna be like boy scout prepared we're gonna have so many things on this show that you uh -oh. won't ever see anywhere else i'm just warning you or not warning i'm hoping that you'll watch it because uh i got i'm gonna have my game face on saturday 3 30 all right conference plays here coach is ready <laughs> all 
I love it, folks. All right, tune in this Saturday. We'll see you then.